enough. So I hope you hear it a hundred times more more today. We're super thankful. I know all of our families for all our moms do, um, not just in the life of the household, but also in our church as well. And so super thankful for you guys. And um, we will be finishing photos out back afterwards. So if you did not get a photo um, with your family, then uh, you can go ahead, go ahead and head out there. Thank you to uh, David and Sarah Bonner for um, doing that, loving us well in that. So we, uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40 today. We're going to take a little detour um, from Mark. We'll be back in there next week, um, just so you guys can prepare and, and get there while I throw out some announcements real quick. Um, first being the uh, Legacy K4 bags. I know Pastor Matthew had brought that um, up last week. Um, our community groups uh, are leading that out, and so if you're a community group leader, we have the gift bags on the info table out back, or I guess at the front, and um, you guys can go ahead and pick those up, and our community groups are basically gathering some items for a K-4 school in the area um, for, for some students in need where they can take some snacks and stuff home throughout the weekend and, and have something to eat, and so I'm super excited we'll be doing that throughout the, the month of May, um, but we will not be uh, meeting here for the next two weeks here in May. Um, next week, we'll be doing community group worship. And the following Sunday, we'll be meeting at Dunneen Church. Uh, Stephen Leopard, uh, who is here as our discipleship pastor, is now um, the pastor at Dunning Church and leading our revitalization efforts there. And so super excited to uh, uh, have a joint worship service with them. It's the same location that we had our family meeting at. And so um, just, just make sure we keep that in our back pocket and, and tell everybody about it. There will be more details with that stuff this week, along with the community group worship. But again, that's next Sunday, the 15th, and on the 22nd, the following Sunday, we will not be meeting here, but we'll be back here at the end of May on the 29th. And so um, I believe that is it for, for announcements. Uh, but man, I, I'm excited to jump into this passage, because um, this is uh, something that God has uh, been teaching me through, through my quiet time. And uh, uh, coincidentally, or not coincidentally, because God put it into the works that this specific passage, especially verse 31, is what um, our kiddos uh, studied through last Sunday in kids' church. And so the way that God kind of lined that up, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. It was cool to kind of um, hear from them and learn from the, from the kids last week as I was, as I was preparing for this. But uh, um, last few months, I've uh, wa- wanted to study through Isaiah just because, man, I hardly know anything about it. There's a bunch of crazy prophecies and visions and language and all this crazy stuff that I was like, man, I, I got I to gotta study a little bit more through it. And... Um, Man, so I'm glad what, what God has been able to teach me through this time with him, and uh, I hope it's uh, beneficial for you guys as well. But I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we will uh, we'll go ahead and, and dive into it. Let's pray. God, we, we love you. Uh, thank you for just all the blessings that you give us in our church and, and our families as individuals, God. Um, we, don't, we don't deserve any of it. Um, but Lord, uh, you, you give it to us, uh, the biggest blessing being your son, Jesus, that um, you came to us where we were. You came to us in our brokenness. Um, Lord, you came to us when we, we were uh, helpless and, and hopeless and um, didn't know what direction to go into. And you saved us from our sin and destruction. And Lord, we just, we lift you up in that today through song and now through your word. And so Lord, I just pray that you would um, just speak to all of our hearts, minister to us, minister to us during this time. Um, and Lord, uh, may, your, may your word live in us to make us move to uh, obey you and love you well. In your name, amen. So to give kind of a, a quick little crash course, crash course, crash course on Isaiah, um, that'll probably happen a few times today. Uh, basically, this, this awesome religious man, super pious, works in the temple of the Lord, um, has a vision one day, 
And in this vision, he is in the throne room of God. For, thank you, Rob, for our security. Man, that was clutch. It was awesome. <laughs> Everything that we can have apart from God is really the thing that will be our destruction. Wherever it is that we find our safety, wherever it is that we find our security apart from God, whatever it is that we want to fill and, and to satisfy us and to fulfill us apart from God will ultimately be our destruction. And this is something that um, God's always pointing Israel back to, into the garden. It was the same thing with Adam and Eve, that what they ultimately wanted for themselves what is, is what destroyed them and uh, separated them from God. And as God casted them out of the garden, he promised them that one day he will make it all right, that there, that there is going to be, through their lineage, someone that will come that will embody what man was supposed to be, but better. That God himself would come and stand in our place. And we see this develop throughout the entire Old Testament. And many times God is warning Israel through Moses, through the prophets, guys, listen to me, listen to God. Follow his commandments, they're good, they're good for us. But when we continue to stray away, God has to teach us a lesson even to the point to where we are put in the most hopeless spot, the most broken spot, so that way there is nothing left for God's people to do besides to call upon his name to be saved. And so Isaiah is, is spending these first 40 chapters delivering this news to Israel and to Judah, telling them to turn from their sins, to stop trusting in the idols, to stop trusting in empires to save them, rather count on the Lord. And the whole book, and really the whole Bible, can be summed up in that theme, and that is to trust in the Lord. Lean on his understanding and not ours. And so in this vision, starting in chapter 40, Isaiah kind of bumps forward to about 100 years or so. It's crazy, but God does some amazing things. And he allows Isaiah to see into the future of this time when Israel did not learn their lesson, and they have become destroyed by the ones that they were wanting to put their security in, the, the Babylonian Empire. And they're taken off into captivity. They're taken away from the land that God had promised God's people for, for thousands of years. And they, they've been in the land. They haven't loved God well. And so he takes them out of the land that they loved, that they thought belonged to them. And now they're living in exile. They have nothing left. They're living in a completely different empire, a completely different nation. The temple that they had built, that Solomon had built for God, is now no longer in their midst. They're helpless. There's nothing left for them to count on besides God. But Isaiah sees God in the future speaking to his people in exile. And not only does this give Israel hope, but this should give us as Christians hope too. Because in 13 chapters after this, we see that the one that will bring us out of our spiritual exile is the one who will come and to suffer for us, and that is Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to read through this, and we're going, to, we're going to pick out a few things of how this applies to us and look back and see what this meant, meant for Israel as well. So starting in verse 27, God says to, to his people, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, and say that my way is hidden from the Lord and, and, my, right, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall and become exhausted. 
But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What God is sharing with them, for one, is that this promise that he has given to them doesn't just belong to them, but it belongs to the nation, to the weary, tired nations who are wanting to um, try to find their strength on their own as well. That the salvation doesn't just belong to us, but it belongs to everybody who Christ has come to die for. The nations that are right around us here in Greenville, this promise belongs to them. And God is also reminding them that he keeps up on his promise. He tells Israel many times to, to look back on their past to see how God has been faithful. And even us as Christians, we look back on our past and we look how God is ultimately faithful through, in and through Jesus Christ as he embodied God's laws. He embodied what we were supposed to be like to walk in love perfectly with God and with others. And as Christ became the perfect sacrifice and was punished for our sins as he went to the cross and the wrath of God was poured on him, and he died and then miraculously rose from the grave three days later and is alive and well now, this promise doesn't just belong to us, but it should be shared to the nations, should be given to hope to those who are weary and faint and to those who have no hope. But in this specific passage, it's a reminder that God's promise that isn't just for us, but is for the nations, his promise that he is faithful with, should energize us to walk above despondency, to walk above hopelessness, that those of us who are in Christ, we don't have to walk in brokenness anymore. We don't have to walk in hopelessness. We don't have to walk with our heads hung low in in given situations, even though times are tough. Situations are tough. Jobs are tough. Families are tough. We can have ultimate joy in Christ because he is the one who gives us strength. And so in verse 27, God questions Israel because the same was for them that they were to ultimately depend on the Lord, that they were to ultimately put their trust in Him, to trust in God and not on themselves, to not lean on their own understanding where they would become tired and weary, exhausted. But they would to the point to where they had nothing left to do besides look back to God. So he questions him, saying, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? Why do you say that? My way is hidden from the Lord, and that my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known and have you not heard? And this past week for, for the Larrabee household has been, has been pretty, pretty chaotic. Some of it good and some of it challenging. And man, there, there were times where I was just exhausted. And when the dogs are wanting to get up at 2 a.m. to use the bathroom, because they only want to drink water two times a day at 10 o'clock at night, and then after I let them out at 2 in the morning, Man, I, I was just, sometimes I wasn't in the best mood, and I was tired. And that, it, it's a silly, silly example, but, but there's some, some deeper ways in our lives where, man, we question God. God, where are you? Well, why, why is God hidden from me? Why, why is he not here? And in the same way, he's speaking to Israel, saying, Have you not known and have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? So then he moves from this place from questioning Israel to reminding Israel, to reminding his people that they grow weary and they grow faint, but yet he does not. He says that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
So there's no limit to his understanding, no limit to his wisdom, or no limit to God's power and what he can do. That's been proven all throughout Scripture. Again, ultimately through his son Jesus, and his life, his death, and his resurrection. No limitations whatsoever. But when we, at times, even as Christians, want to go through this revolving door of trusting in our own securities, trusting in our own satisfactions, trusting in anything but the Lord, Man, we grow weary. We grow faint. I'll never forget uh, Pastor Matthew, one of the, the first sermons he preached when, when we came here to Origins, was uh, he was speaking through the, the fact that sometimes when we feel weary and we grow faint, and, and we're like, man, it's just busy. I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. And he, and he talked about depositing coins into the basket of our own securities and our own things rather than um, closer with God. And man, that is so true. When, when I deposit my energy and my time in, in other things apart from God, man, I grow weary. I grow exhausted. I grow tired. In, in a similar sense, just as Israel is, there's times where I'm just like, God, I feel so distant from you. I feel so hidden from you. Like, I, I, I don't know where you're at. I feel like I'm not being heard. And then God reveals to me, well, the, the things that I have been putting in place of him are the things that have been the reason why I feel distant from him, the reason why I feel apart from him. But in those little moments of exile, or in a greater sense of Israel's exile, that exile is good for Israel and good for his people because it's kind of like a, a plane flying in the sky. I know, I know planes flying in the sky with the banners behind them. Usually the messages on the back usually aren't the best or the most appropriate, but I, I picture this as a, an appropriate message of the banner in the sky in our exile pointing us back to God. When we feel those moments of separation, when we feel those moments to where maybe God points out to our hearts of, of ways in our life where we have been filling our life with things apart from God, that that, that is the reason why, why we feel empty, why we feel exhausted, why we feel broken. And those things can, can lead and snowball into to other destructive ways as well. And so he's reminding them that his ways, and he's reminding us, his ways are better than our ways. God has no limitations. And so, so, so what do we do with that? Well, the third thing is not only, does his limit, not only does his strength and his knowledge have no limitations, but his strength and his knowledge for us to lean on fully, to depart and to, to totally cast out and forget our own strength and to lean fully on the Lord can happen. And when that happens, he says, even you shall fall and be weary, or when it doesn't happen, you shall fall and be weary, and young men shall be exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, I don't think this means that we're just never going to be tired, we're never going to sleep, we're, never, you know, we're always going to have the most energy physically. No, we're going to be tired, we're going to be faint, we're, we're going to need rest. Naps are good. Please take a nap sometime today. After we spend time with, with moms, of course, find time to rest, but, but, but spiritually, there is no unrest when we are in those of us who are in Christ. And when we decide to stop leaning on our own understanding, leaning on our security, leaning on the things that fulfill us, man, we're spiritually renewed. We're spiritually uh, energized to love God, to love people, to pour our lives out as Christians for our brothers and sisters in Christ and for those who do not yet know Jesus. And this is something important for, for Israel to know, just as it is for us, because in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, it is during his time that Israel is actually going to be taken away to Babylon. 
And I, you know the famous passage where it's like the Lord knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper and do all these great things. Well, what, what some fail to, to realize is a few verses before that is God says, look, you're going to be in a hard spot. Israel is going to be taken captive and held in exile in a foreign land. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be good. And they're going to be miserable. But in those moments, God tells them to, to plant their roots, to build houses, to, to make babies, have families. Be in the place that where, where many people do not know God. Root yourselves in God and worship of God as you're living in a foreign land. And man, this the same thing goes for us as we as Christians are living in an exiled land in this world that does not belong to us, belongs to the enemy. It's dark, there's sin, there's brokenness. You don't have to step too far outside of our doors, whether it's here or in our homes and our neighborhoods. There's brokenness everywhere. We belong to Christ. We belong to, to, to a future, a promise of a new heavens and a new earth that Christ is bringing. But right now, as we are Christians living in this broken land, Man, we are called to lean upon the strength of the Lord as he has called us to know him and to make him known, to love him, to love one another, and to love the city. It's impossible to do those things when we're leaning on our own strength, when we're depositing our security and our, our safety and our attention and our well-being in other places apart from God in our times and our attention. And the same thing went for Israel during this time when they were in exile. Lean on God and you will be well. Lean on your own decisions, your own ways, and you're going to continue to fall into misery and destruction. And so for us specifically, I want you guys to think about for, for yourselves as individuals, as, as families, as a, as a church. Man, how can we put this into action this week as we simply trust in God and not in our own wits? whether it be in the, in, in the decisions we make inside of our household, the decisions we make at work, the people that we are engaging with outside of those areas, the way that we love our city, how can we lean and trust on the Lord that, man, even though we may be physically tired, that we will be spiritually energized, that we will be spiritually full because we're depositing ourselves into, into the arms of God, into Christ himself. You know, I'm not much of a builder, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not super smart with all those things, but I can, I can carry stuff and do the grunt work with it. And yesterday, a group of us went to go help put up a porch uh, with Rebuild Upstate, and man, I was so tired. I went home, and I sat on the chair, and I don't think I moved for 20 minutes. And I was like, yeah, it's definitely going to be a 10 o'clock bedtime tonight. Dogs got us up again at 2 a.m., but the, the thought was there. But even though I was physically tired, and as I was talking with, with Kip this morning, man, spiritually, I felt great because it was such a good time serving with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, we were laughing. Everybody had their own stations and parts that they were working with. Everything was just flowing smoothly. We were telling jokes, ate some good Chick-fil-A. Like, it, was, it was just good time together. So spiritually, I felt good. So even though this morning I woke up and I was, I was frustrated and, you know, some chaos going on and stuff, and I was tired. Spiritually, I, I, felt, I felt good. I feel great. One, because of the deposits as God was teaching me through this past week in, in areas that I had to push away to allow more of him in. To be with my brothers and sisters yesterday and then today with more of our brothers and sisters, man, I feel like my heart is being ministered. And that, and that should be the hope for all of us as well as we are leaning on the strength of the Lord 
and on one another as each other is leaning on the strength of the Lord, that we would be ministered to, that we would be spiritually full as we walk with Christ. And it's hard at times because the, the enemy loves to fill poison in our brains. And one of the, the biggest reasons why Zach, why I decide to want to trust in my own ways apart from God is because of the fact at times that the enemy puts the poison in my mind or my, my flesh puts the poison in my own mind of that, that God doesn't love me. That God's not there. God's way is hidden. The same thing for Israel. They're like, man, God doesn't love us. His ways are hidden from us. This is the same poison that the enemy filled with to Adam and Eve in the garden. Saying that God didn't love them. That, that God was actually scared that they would become like him. That on their own, they could do just as God did. They could have the same wisdom and, and, and unlimited knowledge and power. And that officially destroyed them, and God had to cast them out of his presence or else they would be fully destroyed in him. Same thing goes throughout the entire history of the Bible as we talked through a few moments ago. People leaning on their own strength and not on the strength of the Lord, and the same, same for me, same for us. Man, don't be filled with the poison, or when you feel the temptations or the accusations from the enemy, man, remember that God's promise he has always been faithful to. Brought, I mean, split a sea, allowed people to escape uh, Egypt and, and their army from, from killing them. It's crazy. Split a sea wide open and ran through it. That's nuts. I'm sure it was a long hike. They would have been tired. Not spiritually, though. And then throughout the entire course of the Old Testament, too, where Israel was outnumbered by many armies, God supplied the miraculous power and strength for them to do what he's called them to do. But ultimately, we can look back and know that because Christ lived, because Christ died in our place on that cross, because he's risen from the grave, and we can have a relationship with God now through Christ, through what he has done in his work, we get to rest in his work, lean on his work and his strength and his power and his wisdom. Man, that shows God does love us. We can walk in faith. We can lean on him and his understanding and, and his strength. And so, church, simply trust in God this week. Lean on Christ. And all of our situations are, are different. You know, we go through things, great things, challenging things. But trust in Christ. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Trust in him as, as, as we love one another, as we care for those having babies, as we care for those in need, as we care for, for those in our community groups who, who are walking through tough things in life, that, man, we would, by the strength of the Lord, love one another. Because those who are far from, from God but close to us, they will see the way we love one another and know that we are Jesus' disciples and see that, man, there, there's just something different about this group, different about these people. So trust him as he pours into us, as he loves us, as we love him in return, as we love others here in the church, and as we also love the city, as we do projects, as we, as we serve schools, as we have conversations with people, your neighbors, those who, who don't know Christ, who are walking, de depositing their entire life, exhausting themselves to, to try to build this, this satisfaction, this security, this comfort, this thing that, that, that we all realize is right around the corner for us. We can feel it at times. This is their only hope. And may God bring them to a point to where they feel 
to the point of so much hopelessness and brokenness that they see him and what Christ has done, and we would be there to love them, and they would trust us to do so because they see the way that we lean on Christ. The way that we love him, the way we love one another, wouldn't be foolish to them when we love them well. Because they would see it's not something that isn't a part of our character or who we are. The psalmist said in chapter 73, 25, which um, some that I'm praying through this week, says, Whom do I have in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. Man, when we ask that question, God, who do I have in heaven besides you? Who do we have in heaven besides God? And God, we desire you more than anything in this earth. We only desire you in this world. When we pray through that, when we live with that, and the way he will flow through us in every area that we're in, our jobs, our hobbies, our families, neighborhoods, our city, Man, when we desire him and only him, the work that he will do in our hearts for the sake of the nations and for others, it's beautiful. And this is what he was pointing to in Israel. This is what he was pointing to in Israel. And the promise is right around the corner, if you read a few chapters ahead, that the one that would bring this fully through into fulfillment of all these prophecies would be the servant from God, the Messiah that would come, live a perfect life, die a death we deserve, and raise from the grave. We place our trust in him, man. Whole new life is ahead of us. And for those in here who may not have a relationship with Jesus, maybe, maybe, you've, maybe God's been working on your heart for some time, or maybe this is the first time that you feel him speaking to you. Maybe your life has been added up as trying to deposit yourself into, into different areas of this world, into different areas of your life to help satisfy, to help um, bring fulfillment to help, to help bring satisfaction and, and safety and purpose. And you, you just come to a point where you're like, man, I just, the more I do this, the more I push towards this, I'm, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm unfulfilled. Christ is right here welcoming you into relationship with him. That through the work that he has done, you can find rest, you can find strength and understanding in him. That's my prayer for you. We, we have a, a loving family that would love to talk with you through that and questions that you have. Leaders here, that, that, would, that would do the same. We love you. We're praying for you. And uh, churches, as we go throughout this week, let's, let's simply trust in the Lord in all that we do. I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we'll, be, we'll be dismissed afterwards. And uh, again, don't forget about community group worship next Sunday and uh, Deneen Church uh, worshiping with them the following Sundays as well. And Legacy K4 bags are on the back table. Let's pray. God, we, we love you. Um, thank you for this time, God. I pray that myself and, and others, that, that we wouldn't take this time for granted of meeting together, of ministering with one another, to one another, God, being ministered to by you, that you love us, that we may trust in you, God, no matter what situation we're in, no matter what we're going through. As those who have been saved by the blood of your son, Jesus, may we walk and trust in you in our workplaces, in our homes, in our city. Jesus, may we all desire is, is you, and the joys of our heart would be all dependent and leaning on you, Lord. We love you. We praise you in your name. Amen. Well, you guys have a, have a great week, and we'll...
We'll see you in a few weeks here.